Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we'll talk all things NBA and handicap the NBA. I'm Noops, and joining me as always, from the other side of the country, in beautiful, beautiful California, he's finally starting to feel old, old folks. He's a little sick. He's not feeling <laughs> so great, but he's here for us. Spread, what's it like being an AARP member? Uh, Are we there yeah. yet? Do you have your card? Did you get the magazine yet? <laughs> I'm pretty close. I haven't got the discounts at Denny's yet, so I'll, I'll have to get back to you in about a year on that one. Oh, my parents love that. My dad gets free stuff all <laughs> over the place with his AARP card. But we're not here to talk about that. We'll talk about some hoops. This will be the first of six podcasts we'll be doing to get you ready for the season, do some previews for each team. We want to go through each team, their odds to win the division, conference, the title. We've got their wins, over-unders, um, and we've got yes-no on the playoffs. And we figured to do that, it would be good to break things down by division. Um, and you know, because I love starting the podcast with something that I just thought of, um, spread. What do you think about the concept of divisions? I know in the NBA, this is something that, that goes around a little bit. Um, I'm not sure that it even really matters at this point. Um, but what do you think about the concept of divisions? I, I, I've always kind of liked them. Um, I, I'm in Philadelphia, obviously, and a huge Sixers fan. And I've always liked the idea of the Atlantic division, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Knicks all being in, you know, in, the, in the hunt for the same kind of title at, at some point during the season. But I'm curious, what is your thoughts on the concept of divisions and splitting these teams up? Does, does that mean anything to you? So, all right, so you caught me off guard. As far as the divisions, does that mean they play each other one more extra time than they would the other rest, uh, teams in their conference? It means absolutely nothing. The way the schedule's set up, I believe it is you play every team in your conference four times, every team in the other conference twice, and then because of the number of teams, I think there's like one team in your conference you only play three times or something goofy like that. Um, but it actually it doesn't mean anything. It's just simply a way that they keep the standings. And um, let me double check. I know at one point so they, you, they set it up so that if you won your division, you got the fourth seed in the playoffs. But I think they actually turned that off at some point. Let me see if I can yeah, find I was that real say, quick. So are, I mean, you would be able – would you be able to win your division and not make the playoffs? Or do you automatically get a spot for, for winning your division? I think because divisions have five teams in it, it would be really, really difficult to win your division and not have enough wins to make the playoffs the way that it's set up. Um, because the division, really we're, uh, question. the division we're going to preview today would probably be the best candidate for, for something like that happening. Well, that's interesting. I actually think when we get through this, there's um, you know five teams here. Two are going to be interesting. You know, not t- I don't see a title contender in here. You know, we'll. we'll We'll blow our spot up a little bit here. You know, I think we talked on the last podcast. I listed five teams that I think can win the title: the Lakers, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Sixers, and the Bucks. And none of them are in the division we're going to cover today: the Southeast Division. So, just so everybody knows, before we start, that is the Hornets, the Wizards, the Hawks, the Magic, and the Heat. And we'll be going team by team. But um, yeah, as, for, as near as I could tell, the divisions don't matter at all. I think it's really kind of an interesting thing that exists and doesn't seem to have too much importance. But what the heck? It makes for a nice podcast format. How about that? Yeah, no, and it's funny because by February, I'm always sorting by conference results. By you February? Know, when do, when I think I do almost do... only pull up conference. <laughs> I guess I'm not sorting that earlier in the year. But, you know, I mean, it's just like uh, it doesn't seem to matter. But, yeah, I like them. I mean, I have no problem with them. And most importantly, spread, we have another market to bet into. Right. Oh, the divi- uh, yes, the division winner. So, okay, then I'm all for them. Just all right, we got that. we got five teams to cover, and in the interest of, of trying to do our best job of covering every team, we're actually going to start with 
the team with the worst odds to win the division and work our way up to the top. So that means we'll be starting with the Hornets of Charlotte. Spread, what do you think of the Hornets roster here? I want to read you the names, and I know that before the podcast you were pulling this up and I caught you maybe at a moment of weakness, but Terry Rozier, Dwayne Bacon, Nicholas Batum, Miles Bridges, Cody Zeller. Looks like it's going to be the starting five with Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, Marvin Williams, and Bismack Biombo coming off the bench. My God, what a mess. I don't even know who some of these players are. Who is Dwayne Bacon's bread? Do you know who Dwayne Bacon is? I'm not familiar with Dwayne Bacon's game, no. I'm also not familiar with the work of Devontae Graham. Are you familiar with the work of Devontae Graham? No, I'm not. I couldn't even tell you what school he went to. So and he's their backup point guard, I see. All right. So we spent the first few minutes here ragging on him. Uh, is, is there any optimism? Can you see anything to be excited here from a Hornets fan, fan perspective? No, I think out of all the teams there, I think they had the worst offseason as far as eliminating all fan hope. I mean, they lost Kemba Walker. They only received Rozier, you know, back. I mean, I know it wasn't a trade, but it, it kind of came out that way. And, you know, they just don't really have a lot of talent or a lot of any, anything to be excited about. You know, they don't have a young player to develop. I mean, like, uh, even the Cavaliers seem to have a little more hope than, than the Hornets do at this at this moment. What do you think? I'll try to play devil's advocate here. You know, Terry Rozier um, has been really up and really down. I'm curious to see what he can finally do with the opportunity to maybe be the guy here. Um, Dwayne Bacon, is, as far as I can tell, I just wanted you to update. Not only does he have a really fun name to say, he was uh, the f- the 40th pick of the 2017 draft, so a second-round pick out of Florida State. Um, he's about 6 feet 7 inches. He's 24 years old, um, and that's that's just about all I have to say about him. Regular season, he played 43 games, it looks like, last year, and not too much to say. But, you know, when I look at this roster, this is obviously, to your point, going to be a really rough year. You lose Kemba Walker on a team that was already really rough last year. You know, Nicholas Batum seems like he is really enjoying all the money he made. Um, You know, maybe the run the French team had in FIBA will motivate him a little bit. Um, Miles Bridges is a fun young player. I think that, you know, he can continue to grow and be useful. Um... But not the superstar you're, you're, you're looking for at this point for a team that's going to be a, a bottom dweller. Cody Zeller is obviously perfectly fine. I'm curious to see if Malik Monk can do anything. Um, I, I liked him at Kentucky. He seemed to, to me to display a, a lot of potential to be you know, a poor man's J.J. Redick maybe. The ability to move around screens, to cut, to be able to hit shots, to be able to move quickly. But you know, hasn't shown anything so far. So I think this is a chance maybe for him and some of these younger players, you know, Terry Rozier, maybe Dwayne Bacon, um, Miles Bridges, to get some minutes and to get a little bit better. But um, I am struggling to find nice things to say. Right, and I think one of the keys here is that why did they why did they leave Kemba Walker leaving free agency? You know, if they weren't going to offer him the max, why didn't they try and deal, deal him with the trading deadline? Why didn't they deal him last year? and bought him out and try and get in the lottery. It's just they made some inexplicable moves in the front office. So the only positive thing I can say for them going forward is by, you know, not having Kemba this year, they finally will bottom out and they finally will, you know, get a top five pick. And maybe, you know, that can uh, can propel them back into, into, you know, being relevant. But as of right now, you know, they made some inexplicable front, front office moves regarding their star and, you know, kind of put them in this position. So it looks like this is going to be a tough year. Uh, for Hornets fans, but maybe they can get a top five pick and turn it around. That's pretty much the only positive thing I could say about them. You have to think, based on their offseason, they really thought they had a chance to maintain and, and keep Kemba Walker. But then is why that, wouldn't they give him the max? Like, they I, didn't even offer him the max. It's 
I think that they thought if they were going to keep him, it was just because he wanted to stay in Charlotte. I don't think that it was a money decision. It was whether he wanted to go to a contender or stay in Charlotte and finish his career there. Um, I, I agree. I think it's a really short-sighted decision. And to be honest, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets, I don't know if I want to pay Kimball Walker that much money. Um, to be rather crass about it, if I were the Hornets GM, I would have been shopping him before last season. I would have been shopping him at the deadline for anything and everything that you could possibly get back. I mean, let's let's forget even the idea of whether or not he would stay. Would, would you want him to stay? Do you want Kemba Walker to be making the max on your Charlotte Hornets team's bread? No, because just Walker alone is not really going to do anything for you, and then you've hamstrung yourself uh, – to get more talent. So, and he's good enough to where he's going to keep you in the, you know, high twenties, low thirties range. So you're not going to be getting the top, top lottery pick. So the whole thing was a mess. You know, you would think that they would just get rid of him and add an extra pick somehow or add, you know, at least some sort of young talent that that was on a, on a better contract, but just really odd how they, how they went about that. So, well, you've been a Sacramento Kings fan for a while. I've been a Sixers fan for my entire life. So we are no strangers to poor seasons that are going nowhere. So do you have any suggestions for the Charlotte Hornets fans? And and I'll go first. What I would suggest is um, start a new TV show. Look into something maybe you've never seen before. If you haven't seen The Wire, <laughs> if you never took the time to watch Mad Men or Breaking Bad, or it's what a great time of year to get in something like that. You know, the weather's not going to be too fantastic. Um, you know, I know Charlotte's a little warmer, but you guys still have weather. Maybe get into something like that. Might I suggest soccer, perhaps, or, or maybe another sport for this time of year? But you know, maybe take the year, spend some time doing something else. Um, maybe not the best year to spend your time watching Hornets basketball. Do you have any suggestions for the fine folks of Charlotte's bread? Oh, I no, I'm I'm too old for that. I said take your AARP card to Denny's, but um, let's get into the numbers here. Twenty three point five is awfully low, and just the I just naturally like always like to go over on those really low numbers. But looking at the squad, it's it's kind of hard to, to rationalize why that's a good bet. What do you think? I'm, I, this looks like an under to me. I think that when we look at some of these win totals, and this is a concept that I know that our friends from the Deep Dive podcast, Andy and Whale Circle, um, a few times during their preseason preview around the NFL wins, is that when you take a look at them, they're too closely bunched. Like, there's no team, when you look at the, the win totals, um, let me see here. I've got them all listed out. I'm curious to see what the lowest number is. I mean, you know, it's not actually going to be the lowest number this year. Every year there's some team that wins 15, 20 games. You know, and, and why isn't it going to be the Hornets this year? I mean, what do they have? I mean, we just went through their entire roster. We struggled to say anything nice about anybody. And what do they have to play for? Uh, it's, I think this is an under or pass for me. I know it's a low number, but I actually don't think it's low enough. Yeah, I I lean under too, but I don't know if I'm necessarily running to the counter. I think there's way better spots. Uh, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think there is definitely some better ways to place your money. But if you had to, because if they a go bet, on a little streak or you know catch some teams, you know that don't care coming in there. You know how like Phoenix was getting wins last year mm-hmm. towards the end of the year when teams didn't care and they were kind of locked into their their playoff spots. You know they could they could sneak over. But, you know, if you're forced to pick every single one, I, I would I would take under here. I'm going to have to do a little more homework on this one. I lean under, and I am going to put this on my list of things to check. I'm going to look at their schedule, try to see what the early season looks like, because if they do have a tough schedule early in the year, I think they pack it in for the second half. I think they try to move any players they have that are in, of any value and, and pack it in and go for the high draft pick. So um, I'll tweet out 
whether or not I pick that, but that's something I'm definitely going to be circling back to. Yeah. All right, just to give a little frame of reference here, they're 150 to 1 to win the division, 150 to 1 to win the conference, 300 to 1 to win the title. And if you like to make giant parlays, go ahead and take uh, the Hornets not to make the playoffs at minus 5,000 and, and put it with anything else you want. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I mean, this is. I think this is pretty much one of the most depressing rosters we'll discuss, so I'm glad we got it out of the way first. I am too, but the problem is, Spread, guess who's next? The Wizards of Washington. The Wizards at least have some pieces to move, and and could and they could at least do something. All right, I'll, I'll then go first here. What do you what do you think for the, for the Wizards? Give me your your general thoughts. And it sounds like you're you're in a, a a moment of optimism here. So why don't you try to play good guy if you can, and and I'll get a chance to play bad guy. Well, they have like an interesting situation with Bradley Beal, uh, similar to the Kimball Walker situation that we just discussed, where Bradley Beal is at least an attractive trade piece. And if they're not going to be winning and they really want to bottom out, they could get um, some nice assets or some potential picks from a team looking to make a run for them. Um, Rui Hachimura is an interesting player. Kind of seemed to be a reach there, but the way the NBA draft works out where, you know, I'd say only like five or six players out of the first round turn into solid players, you know, every year. It's more of a, a crapshoot than uh, than the NFL. I don't really mind the reaching in the NBA if you think you have a guy you like. Um, Ish Smith is just a normal backup point guard in the role of the starter. Thomas Bryant is a acceptable center. But, yeah, I mean, they, they don't look to be very good. But at least they have some pieces to make some move and, and build towards the future. You know, you look at the roster, Ish Smith, just like you said, he's a backup point guard. They've got Isaiah Thomas. You know, I, Isaiah Thomas is one of my favorite players in the league for that one season in Boston. I always loved him as a Sacramento King. I always yeah. kind of felt like he got the He got hurt again stick. today, too. Yeah, he hurt his so that's another ten, tough year. Bradley Beal, C.J. Miles, Hachimura. Um, you know, luckily he's going to get a, a lot of chances to play, and our apologies to Rui for butchering his name, I'm sure. I, I have no interest in being excited about Thomas Bryant. they got Davis Burton's. Jordan McRae, I'm just looking looking through here. I mean, it's it's a tough roster. Again, there's not really too many players to get excited. So what I think the big decisions for the Wizards this year, do you trade badly Beal? I so, think you so, do. I think they're in a situation like Kemba with Kemba, and you're going to just risk. I mean, how much longer is he having his contract? Let's see. Mr. Beal's I'm thinking contract, two more years, but they're not going to be contending in two years. You're not going to be able to, to slap those pieces around him that fast. Yeah, thanks to our friends at Spot Track here, it looks like, you know, 2019, 2020, he's going to make about $27 million a year, and he has three years left after yeah. that. Oh, no, I'm sorry, he only has one year left after that, and he's an unrestricted free agent. I'm sorry, reading the chart backwards. So this year and next year, right? Yep, this year and next year. So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be a contender by then. I say you get rid of them, you try and get some draft picks or some young pieces that at least have potential, and you bottom out and you go for, you go for a real top pick here. You think there's any chance they could move the John Wall contract? Any chance the Dodgers take it? No, the Dodgers don't do big contracts anymore. Oh, they don't? I love that. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. I'm, the Dodgers still play baseball, right? Right. Damn it. We can't trade John Wall to the Dodgers. <laughs> what can did we do with him? Did you see him throw out an opening pitch? He, oh, he, he did? He throw a ball either. Oh, if you want to watch something funny on YouTube, uh, <laughs> John Wall opening pitch, it was... It was Shows you how much these guys, you know, they, they don't cross-train. They individually train now. I mean, the guy looked like he could barely throw a baseball. I always like any video 
where as I start to search it, it fills it out. As soon as I got to John Wall, oh, it went John Wall opening pitch. Oh, that's pretty good. That's almost as good as the, as the guy who hit the, uh, the or was it a lady who hit the camera person? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? The camera person's oh, like I just left it. and get right into him. It's Check that one out. That's pretty good. First pitch camera guy. Um, I can't remember again who it is, but they throw the ball literally right in the face of this camera guy who's maybe like 10 feet to the left of them, five feet in front of them. Like it's, oh man, but that was, that was not pretty. So it's going to be a tough year for the Washington Wizards. I think you're right. I think you do try to trade badly, Beal. I think, I think you wait though. I don't think you do it right away. I think you just sit and you let the offers come in and you wait and you wait and you wait. I don't think you have to do it this year at the trade deadline. I think you can do it this year at the at the end of the year. You can do it this year during the off season, you know, before the draft. I don't see any reason to, you know, be hasty here, but I, I think, think I think you have to do it before the beginning of next year. year. I don't think it matters. I think this roster's bad enough anyway. I think even if Bradley Beal's an incredible player, they're not gonna win games. I mean Hachimura would have to be incredible. Thomas Bryant would have to make huge steps forward. And even then they're starting CJ Miles and Ish Smith, like can you ever imagine? Did you ever imagine in your life that Ish Smith and C.J. Miles would be preseason starters on an NBA team? I mean, no, not at all. And I think from the betting angle now, as we move on to that, this roster to me, you know, you take out Bradley Beal, they are similarly hopeless to the to the Charlotte team that we just discussed. I like the twenty-seven and a half under with the idea that Beal will get dealt during the season. I think and I'm getting that extra four-game cushion that kind of prevents against those little weird hot streaks. I, li- I like that look a lot. Um, I was thinking the same thing. This seems like a similar team. I think they're getting a few extra games because, again, Bradley Beal is better than the best player on the Charlotte Hornets. But you know, and this is something we'll talk about. The Eastern Conference is tough this year. The Bucks are good. The Sixers are good. The Celtics are good. The Pacers are good. The Nets will be good. The Magic will be good. The Heat will be good. We'll talk about them in just a little bit. Um, maybe the Hawks will be good. We'll talk about them. Um, there's, I think, a lot of competitive teams, and I think it's going to be hard for this Hornets team to find wins. And you know, again, similar to my comment about Charlotte, I think that it's tough for the books to justify making a number that's actually low enough. Um, this is another spot I'm going to go back through and do some deep schedule analysis here to look at. Um, but I think I like that under. Yeah, I like the under here much more than I like the Charlotte under. And like I said, my angle is that I don't expect Beal makes it through the season. Title odds, 250-1 to 1 conference, 80-1, to 1, division 80-1. to 1. I assume that you have no interest in any of that. Um, nope. n- no on the playoffs at minus 1,400. You know, again, toss that into any any parlay you want. But, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, and that's a way better value than Charlotte at minus 5,000 because, to me, they're very close in chances of making the playoffs. You know, they're non-existent chances, and you're getting almost a three times better price. Well, let me so. just see something here. This is this might actually be a good learning moment here for us. So, what do you think the implied probability of minus 1,400 is? 6%. Let me just double check. Ba, 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 ba. I mean, I'm guessing on top of my head. No, I think I did this wrong. I think it's so. You know what? I did this wrong. It was a bad question. Um, yeah, it's only about three percent. Uh, it's a little less than three percent. And then you're looking only at about two percent when you get to the minus five thousand. My point basically yeah. being that when you get to some of these bigger numbers, um, you know, the difference isn't actually that big. But either one of them looks good. And apologies for botching that quick math there, but. 
we move forward to the Atlanta Hawks, a team that I know both of us are excited about. So I'll let you go first because I think I'll be able to just pile on to all your optimism. What are you expecting for the Atlanta Hawks this year? Okay, so Atlanta is trying to be the Warriors East. They um, took the Warriors uh, front office guys and, and the guys, you know, they're trying to do it like the Warriors. They're trying to get shooters. Trey Young is supposed to be their Steph Curry. Um and I think they had a really good draft this year. I'm kind of excited for them. They look great at the end of the year, and they were a covering machine. Uh, last year, you know, after the All-Star break, I think I was betting on them almost every night, taking the points, not the money line, taking the points. And they were covering left and right. Uh, Trey Young looks fantastic. He might end up being uh, – I liked him the best coming out. Obviously, Donkic uh, proved me wrong. He's a little better. But, I mean, I thought that that was just a fantastic pick at five. And um, Cam Reddish was just a great draft pick. So – I like Atlanta. I think they're on the upswing. Now, is this the year? I don't know about that, but um, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch and a fun team to bet on at home to cover spreads. This to me is, and, and you're right, This might we might be a year early on this. This might be something we'll have to tuck away and, and talk about again next year, but Trey Young seems to be like a very good player. You know, We can go on and on and on about that Donches trade. I think the Mavericks won it, but Trey Young is very, very good. Kevin Herter seems to be pretty good. DeAndre Hunter, I like what he brings to the table. John Collins is just a giant body of unlimited potential, is, is what I see there. Alex Len, you know, was, I think, a top five, top ten draft pick, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he really turned out right that well. Yeah, no, yeah Phoenix put, took him pretty high. Well, I mean, it's Phoenix. He's been in an absolute disaster his entire career. He showed kind of a pulse last year. Right? So he was the fifth pick spread in the 2013 draft. What a mess. Um I'm curious to see what he can do in a situation where, you know, winning might actually be possible. Evan Turner is a great guy to come off the bench with all these young players. Cam Reddish, like you said, I thought that was a great pick. Someone who um, kind of got marooned in, on Duke. You know, that was really R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson's team, and, and I think he took a back seat and wasn't too thrilled about that. I'm actually curious to see if he, he at any point during the season takes Herter's starting position. Um, I, I don't think you will. I think they like Herter a lot. I think they do too, but I think Reddish is going to be so talented, it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor. I think they'll they'll just play him on like a two and three style deal. Yeah, maybe Hunter goes to the bench, but I yeah. just I'm really excited about some of these players. And again, you know, you, they get a chance to beat up on Washington. They get a chance to beat up on Charlotte. You know, again, this, the conference itself is actually pretty tough, but. Let's take a look at some numbers here. The over under for the Atlanta Hawks is thirty three and a half. 33-and-a-half spread. That looks a little bit low to me. What do you think? Well, I think they've adjusted. How many did they win last year? Do you have it in front of you? My computer's freezing up. I'm not being able to pull up. No, that's okay. 29 games last year, so they have to win five more games than they did the year before. Is this team not five games better? Okay, I think that's about fair. I think that's about fair. That seems to be about the right number. I'd say them as a 33-34 win team. All right. You know, I, I was leaning over there. The juice right now, minus 135. So that's kind of a rough situation. Maybe I can find a book that has 34 and sell a little bit. But, you know, I lean the, the over here. Now, one of my more interesting bets, this is a number I like a lot. The Atlanta Hawks to make the playoff spread, plus 225. You go through the east. So the Bucks, I think, are the Bucks are locked. The Sixers are locked. The Celtics are locked. The Pacers are locked. That gives me four teams. I figure the Nets are in pretty good shape. That's probably five. Give me the Heat, 
the Magic, that's six and seven. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit more. What keeps Atlanta? Raptors. From, what keeps Atlanta <laughs> from making that eight seed? I guess you're right. I guess it's the Raptors. I just uh, that looks like a good number to me. I think they have a much better chance than that to actually make the playoffs. What do you think about that, Bryce? I think that's great, but I think if you want to take a gamble on Atlanta, the division odds at plus seven fifty. I think that's where you go here. I think that. I mean, if we have a Jimmy Butler injury. That that could be wide open. I like the plus seven fifty. I like just taking the home run shot there. Well, and only one team from the southeast made the playoffs last year, anyways, right? So I mean, it's almost the same thing. I think did my no Miami didn't get in. You're right. It was just Orlando. Yeah. Well, so I'd I, like the plus seven fifty there, the home run for them to win the division. To give a little foreshadowing into our conversation, I think. It's going to be tough for Atlanta to have more wins than Miami and Orlando. I think those are definitely better teams. But I think in an East that has a wide-open 7th and 8th spot, definitely a wide-open 8th spot in my opinion. You know, at plus 225, we're looking at you know an implied odds of right around 30%. I think they, they make the playoffs much more than 30% of the time. What do you think? That seems about right. How many wins do you think will, would they, you'll need to make the playoffs in the East? That's a great question. What I, was it last year? What was the number eight seed last year? Do you have that in front of you? I can't remember. I do. The number eight seed last year was right 41, and I think it's probably pretty close to that. I think you're going to have to be 500. Oh, okay. I think you might sneak in with 40 wins. Um, and maybe that is a tougher number than I'm giving it credit for. You know, Not to, to sell the farm here on the first podcast, but I'm not terribly optimistic about the Nets. I think that they'll make the playoffs, but I don't expect them to win a lot of games. I, th- I think that's a beatable team. I don't think the Pistons are very good. We just talked about the Hornets and the Wizards. They stink. I don't think the Bulls are going to be great. I'm terribly excited about the Cavaliers. I think this team is just as good, if not better, than the Knicks. I think there's a lot of wins to be had in the East, and I think this is Oh, they're team much better than the hard. Knicks. Yeah. Much better than the Knicks. So maybe the angle then is, to your point, just take the over. Just go over 33 and a half games. Because if they make the playoffs, they win way more than 33 and a half games. And you can just take the risk out of it. You know, Even if they're in contention, they only win 37, 38. You're well above your number. All right. Well, I'm going to take the plus 750 for the division odds. You can take the 33, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun with this as the year goes on. Yeah, I like that 33 and a half. I'm definitely going to look into that. You know, again, I'm seeing minus 135. All prices we're quoting at this point are from Bovada, just simply because it was easy for me to pull down. Of course, in these markets, be sure to check as many options as you have and make sure you get the best number. Um, I'm hoping I can find like maybe a, an over 34 or an over 34 and a half for a little less juice, but over 33 and a half is a look for me. All right, Spread, let's get into the two teams with the best odds here to win the division. Um, to set the table a little bit, Orlando plus 150 to win the division, Miami minus 130. The win total for Orlando, 41.5. The win total for Miami, 43.5. So I think the conversation here is who, which of these teams do you think is better? Now let's start with Orlando. Um what are your thoughts about the Orlando Magic? What do you think about their roster? Are you optimistic about the, the season ahead? Yeah, I mean, they did pretty good. They won the Southeast last year, right? That was one of our pet picks Yep. Uh, in our chat was to get them to win the division at plus money. And I, maybe just the uh, the Southeast magic was what in, uh, attracted me to that Hawks price looking kind of the same. Um, yeah, I like I liked Miami's roster better. I just think the ability to have that, that big star in Butler is huge. Um, I know Vukovic is a star. He's coming back. You know, they re-signed him, which surprised me a tad but I mean I guess they're going to go for it with this squad 
Um, I think an interesting uh, key for them will be the development of Mo Bamba. What do you think about uh, his year last year, and what do you think his, about his potential? It seems like they're kind of he gets kind of lost in that rotation there. I think it's hard to play him. I think in the NBA in 2019, you have to be a certain level of proficient on both ends of the floor. You have to be able to play some defense and some offense. And he really struggles on the offensive end of the floor. He is often the wrong place. He's a really bad shooter. He's not particularly good at the pick and roll. I hope he spent all season, every single day, going to a basketball court and having somebody run pick and roll with him over and over and over again until he was sick. Um, I'm not optimistic about Obama, but I am optimistic about this roster in general. I think DJ Augustine is a perennially underrated point guard. I think Fournier is a good shooter. I think Isaac has a ton of potential. I love Aaron Gordon. I think he's going to be a really great player at some point. Vucevic is just one of the absolute best lunch pail guys. He goes to work every night. You know, he gets a ton of rebounds. When he's on the floor, his team cleans up the glass. And I know that offensive rebounding is maybe underappreciated, but defensively, you know, you only get one shot when you're playing the Magic and Vucevic is on the floor. Mobamba, who, who, you know, I, I don't feel totally great about him, but Amino, that's what a great guy to come have coming off the bench. You can play him as a big number three. You can play him as a small four. Sometimes he even plays the small five. I like Terrence Ross. He took a big step forward last year and being a scorer and being a real attacker. Um, I'm optimistic about this, this roster. And the coach, Steve Clifford, I think is one of the more underrated coaches in the league. He, you know, really won a lot of games with some mediocre Hornets teams. Um, he's an right. incredible defensive coach, and I think he's going to be able to, to make this team an absolute nightmare to play week in and week out. There's a ton of length here. There's a ton of athleticism here. I think he's going to be able to put a system in place that's going to be really hard to score points against. I think they have a couple guys. You know, you need a bucket? Toss the ball to Vucevic. He's amazing in the post. He's re- He's got a really nice mid-range game. He knows how to create some offense. Aaron Gordon is one of the most athletic, and I think he's an underrated rim attacker. I love his game, and I hope that he takes the next step forward. I hope he can find you know, some sort of consistency in that corner three, some consistency in that free throw line jump shot. I just really like this roster. I know that it's a lot of pieces that, that might not fit together to a lot of people, but I think you know, in the way basketball's going, there's a lot of length, there's a lot of athleticism, and there's enough shooting here where I think the floor is going to be really open on offense and really tight on defense. Yeah, I like them. I think the uh, development of Jonathan Isaac is going to be key. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and you said it about Aaron Gordon, too. He needs to mix in that jump shot to really ascend from being you know an above-average player to a star. Uh, but overall, with the Magic, my feelings are that um, as better as that, that everyone's caught up to what we knew last year and that the value's kind of gone. Um, so I'll be interested to see where uh, where this team goes. At, at 41.5, I'm, right now I, I would I would lean under there. Really? Um, so yeah, do you think, I mean. Do you think they're going to miss the playoffs? Because, you know, again, we just talked about what number do you need to make the playoffs, and we think it's probably 40. I didn't hear your number, I guess. What do you think the number of wins for the Eastern Conference to make the playoffs is going to be? Yeah, I mean, it should be pretty close to last year. In fact, I think, like you said, I think the conference got a little better than it, it was last year as far as depth on the, the five through eight seeds. So should be interesting. The thing, the reason I would say that is uh, when I'm looking at this Orlando team, they just seem like everything is perfect right now, but an injury or two could really throw them. Um, I think they have like a great seven-man rotation, but they really fall off after that. 
So if they, you know, if Gore, you know, Gordon misses time, Fournier misses time, or God forbid, Vukovic misses time, I, I could see this team really struggling there for, um, you know, a stretch that that would put them under. That's a great point. I'm, I'm curious to see how they can handle inj- injuries to Vucevic and Augustine, especially. I don't think that they have another point guard in this roster. So, uh, Ma- Markel Fultz, your good buddy from the Sixers. Oh, I was going to wait for that. Here's <laughs> my big. Here's, here's my big magic question spread over under points for the season for Markel Fultz. Point five. I mean, is he going to play? What's going on with that guy? That's exactly my question. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, we talked about this in the chat a little bit and. Maybe I'm naive, you know, um, it's about 10.30, 10.22 exactly, my time here on the East Coast, so I've had a little bit to drink, but I think even in a more sober and, and steadier state, um, Markel Fultz is really talented. I don't know if, if he's ever going to recover from the horrible situation he was put in in Philadelphia. I think he was brought in at the exact wrong time for that team um, with the exact wrong amount of expectations, especially in the city of Philadelphia. I don't think that he was ready to be an 18, 19, I guess he was 19 at the time that he was supposed to join the team, a 19-year-old, quote, finishing piece, the 19-year-old piece that's going to get us to the championship. I don't think that's what he was looking for. I think Orlando's a really safe place for him because I think they have minutes, and I think that he, if he's in shape, if he's feeling good, if his head is where it needs to be, um, that he has the talent to really make an impact here. I'm optimistic. I think at some point he is going to have a moment in the NBA, whether that be you know early this year, late this year, next year. I don't know. I just I have faith that at some point Markel Fultz is going to do something in the NBA besides cash a check. How about you? I mean, I like that. I really liked him coming out of Washington, and um, you know, I was kind of excited to see him. And then you know, it's so weird. I, I don't. I mean, I've never seen anything like this where just a guy can't shoot anymore. You know. It's one of the weirdest uh, stories in professional basketball, I'd say, within the last five years. So it is something to watch. But if he were able to even meet half of his potential, that would give that team some depth and, and maybe some added firepower on offense and an off-the-bench score. And that could be the difference between the over and the under. But I, I wouldn't count on it, and I wouldn't um, you know, make a bet thinking that Markel Fultz is the reason that they're going to go over. Absolutely not. I don't think that you can expect him to be a real factor on this team in, in any way. Um, I have no idea what happened to him. But I do know that you know he has a ton of potential. He was a very talented young player and you know, scored a lot of baskets um, on a Washington team that was very competitive. So I think that at some point he can put it all together, You know whether his problems were mentally, whether his problems were in fact some sort of strange nerve thing where his nerve got pinched into his shoulder and they never figured it out, whatever it was. I'm cheering for Markel, Markel Fultz, and I'm wishing him the best. So anything else to say on, on Mr. Fultz or even the Orlando Magic before we get to the Miami Heat? No, let's go to the division favorites. All right, the Miami Jimmy Butlers, minus 130 to win the division, 20-1 to 1 to win the con- conference, 60-1 uh, to 1 to win the title. Spread, what are your expectations for the Miami Heat and a very interesting roster? We've got Koran Dragic, Dion Waiters, Jimmy Butler, Justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, James Johnson, Kelly Olynyk, Myers, Leonard. This is this is a team you'd, you'd want to get into a bar brawl with, isn't it? I love this team. I like. I think they can they can get the number four seed here in the East. So what is it? Lay it out for me. Is it is is Jimmy Butler the missing piece from this team that seemed to have a lot of athleticism and no real leader last year? That was a really interesting defensive team. Is you know, come on, p- paint the picture for me a little bit. You know, what is Jimmy All Butler right. going to do this year? What does it look like? 
Okay, so here's the deal. They have the type of people that Jimmy Butler likes to play with. They try hard. Spolstra has him going in the right direction defensively. He's a, you know, I really didn't like him when he became the coach of the Heat, but he's really proved his worth and, and shown why Riley was right uh, to put faith in him because he, he draws up great plays. He gets the most out of his rosters. And, um, you know, I think he's good at managing a rotation. And I think they just have a bunch of tough players that Jimmy Butler is going to meld with. I mean, they, they, they try hard. They're grinders. They don't. They don't seem to be very selfish, um, except for maybe Deion Waiters, of course. But um, <laughs> I just think this is a well-constructed roster. I like Drogic as a point guard. I, I've always thought he's a tad underrated. Um, you know, they got rid of the black hole that was Hassan Whiteside. I think that's actually like an upgrade. Just getting rid of him. I like the rotation of uh, Olenek and Adebayo much better for your for your. Uh, rotate at the five. Um, Olenek provides great shooting. He's a little weak defensively, but if you put him off the bench, I mean, I think that he's a he's a great piece there. So I like this Miami team. It is going to be a fun roster. I agree with your comments on Whiteside. That is absolutely addition by subtraction. Point wins low at the end of the last year was really interesting. I love the idea yeah. of seeing more Bam out of bio. There's a lot of fun things to be excited about, but a little surprise here for you, Spread. Give me a guess. What All do you right. think the odds are for Jimmy Butler to be the MVP of the National Basketball Association? Plus 2,000? Oh, man, it's only 75 to 1. So you have, you're nowhere near even being interested in that. Wow. I well, know. no, plus 2,000 is 20 to 1. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Plus two, You're right. That's 20 yeah. to 1. Never mind. I, I read that incorrectly. That's 0 for 2 on odds interpretations. This isn't a gambling <laughs> yeah. podcast, is it? All right, 75 to 1. So you got to love that. Really, it's not it's not a bad look, but the thing is, um, has he ever been in the top five before? I think I've read a stat that no one that didn't finish in the top five is ever the uh, in previous seasons has ever won an MVP. I, I I agree. This is another one of those situations where the odds that are high are never high enough, and the odds that are low are probably too low. There's so few players that actually have a chance to win the MVP. I mean, to win MVP, you have to be probably a top two or three seed in your conference or have an incredible statistical season, kind of like Russell Westbrook had. And I don't yeah. see either of those in, in the works here for Jimmy Butler. I think he's going to be great this year. I think he's going to bask in being the leader of his own team. I think he's going to love playing in Miami. I think that crowd, um, you know, even though they like to show up late for games, is really going to enjoy watching him play. I think it's a fun group of guys for him. I think it's a bunch of guys that like to work hard and have chips on their shoulder. I think this is a really interesting, dynamic, exciting team. I think Spolster is going to be able to put things together, but I don't know. Are they going to are they going to win more games than the Bucks and the Sixers and the Celtics and the Pacers? So I got a fun one for you. You're a Sixers fan. Would you rather play in the playoffs? Let's say we're in the second round, the Pacers or the Heat? Pacers. So you think the Heat's a tougher matchup? For the Sixers, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, Victor Oladipo is very, very good, but Joel Embiid has absolutely no problem against Miles Turner, absolutely no problem against Sabonis. Um, I think Oladipo is going to actually really struggle against a defensive Ben Simmons. I, I don't know what the Pacers are able to do with Tobias Harris. I don't know. You know, Al Horford obviously is going to be an incredible asset, and, you know, Josh Richardson's very good. So I don't worry about that. But this Miami Heat team, you know, Jimmy Butler, if he's in a series against the Sixers, he's yeah. going for 50 one night. Like, that's happening. He's going to win one game simply because he wants to beat the Sixers and prove to Embiid and prove to Simmons that he's the guy and he's the reason that, that the Sixers were so dynamic last year. Um, 
it's just a tough team. I mean, this is not a group of guys that you want to have to play basketball against for your life. Right. I got the same question now, but we're going to do the Celtics or the Heat as a Philly fan. Who would you rather face in the second round? Oh, the Heat. Brad Stevens owns the Sixers. He gets it. He's okay. he's brilliant. That team's, you know, it's got just the same athleticism, I think. You know, it's not as nasty as a group as the Heat, but I would much rather play the Heat than the Celtics, that's for sure. Okay, cool. So you've kind of uh tiered it out and this is this isn't necessarily for full season results. This is just matching up against your beloved Sixers, but you've tiered out that the Celtics are the toughest matchup, the Heat are the second toughest matchup, and the Pacers are the third. And the reason I bring that up is I think that's right going to be around three, four, five there of that division. I think they're going to be right around the same number, and it might come. I mean, obviously, it all the war of attrition in every sport nowadays, but um, you know, I think it might come down to the last couple weeks to see who who ends up slotting where, and uh, it's going to make for very interesting playoffs. Are you excited to get a bunch of nasty messages from Milwaukee fans? Why would we get well, for what? You skip them during your little list. The well, they're going to be the number one seed. Uh, I'm talking about three, four, five. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the playoffs. It, it you know, no, no, it I'm sounded to me it. like for a minute you thought that no, the, the, the Bucks had no. a, had a worse chance to beat the Sixers and all those other teams. I don't know. No, no, no. I've already so in my mind, just so you know, I've kind of already <laughs> slotted Philly. Uh, uh, Milwaukee is the number one seed and Philly is the number two seed. Um, you know, just kind of how I, I'm ranking the teams out the East. And then I think three, four, five is where we get this nice little jumble. But that four, five is going to be huge, um, you know, for, for home court in the first round. And, you know, I'd rather much be rather be in that three slot and, and play the six seed. So I think that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun as the season's ending. So you're drinking the Miami Heat Kool-Aid. How much money are you yes. betting on them to win the division at minus 30? How much money are you going over 43 and a half on? Lay it out for me. I'm going, uh, yeah, I like both those numbers. I think minus 150 is a little low. I don't have the same optimism about the magic that you do. Like I said, I think the values are all gone. And I think that, um, you know, they had a nice run to end the season there. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that's indicative of what will be happening this year. And I just think, I don't know, I think Miami's just better coach. They have a... They have a true star. You know, Vukovic is nice, and Aaron Gordon can dunk. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, you'd rather have Jimmy Butler leading your team. Um, you know, best player in the division that we've discussed so far. Great roster that defends well. And in the NBA, you know, I think defense can be underrated a lot, and I think that's one thing this Miami Heat team does well. I'm not sure if Jimmy Butler is the best player of those two teams. Who do you think is better? I'm really, I don't know why. I'm talking to myself and Aaron Gordon in this moment for some reason. No, he doesn't have a jump shot. I know he doesn't have a jump shot. Jimmy Butler just got paid, dude. He got paid. He got paid. Yeah. He's going to be hanging out in Miami. So are all the teams he's playing against. I know, but that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't. don't know what to do with this decision. I, I've been going back a, and forth on Miami you know, and Orlando. By January or February, he'll have a Miami tolerance. Well, the teams coming in you know, are going to be like, fuck yeah, we're in Miami. You can't underestimate the Miami home court advantage, folks. For any of you that have models and are building those in, you know, give them an extra half point or so. That matters. I just, I keep going back and forth. I think this Orlando team and this Miami team are, are pretty close in terms of overall talent. I think the, the both of the coaches are very good. I think Spolster is like better, better than coach, Clifford. Though. You do? Oh, okay, Spolster so for I. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, Clifford's very underrated. And he's got a chance to really do something with this team. I, I don't know if I'm actually going to put any bets on either of these teams. 
you're right. I think for Orlando, I'd like a little better number than plus 150. I'm going to think about that a little bit. And the 41 and a half wins, I think that looks a little bit low. I don't know how the Magic are worse than a 500 team. You know, like you said, there, there might be some injury concerns, but man, they seem like they're going to get 42 wins. And then the Heat, you know, similarly, I think they're a little better than 500. We've got them at 43 and a half on the total. That's a stay away from me. But I'm really excited about both these teams' chances. I think they're fun regular season teams. And I think they're both going to give a lot of trouble in the first round to anybody they face. All right, let's do a fun little exercise here. Let's go position by position, Heat over Magic. So point guard, would you rather have Dragic or Augustine? Ugh, I have no idea. Really? See, I'm, I'm like Dragic there, like not even thinking about it. So you really are high on DJ Augustine, huh? I like his game a lot. He's a nice, steady veteran. He's a really underrated shooter. He's a good passer. I know he's tough defensively, but Dragic is not a good defensive player. I guess Dragic yeah, is probably better. Yeah, that's the only better. way that you can get me there. But, Dra- yeah. yeah, Dragic is probably a better overall basketball player, but for the team they're on, you know, if, if I was picking a point guard for my team, I think I would rather have DJ Augustine. I think he is a true point guard, and, and Dragic is more of a shooting guard. All right, well, we disagree on that one. I, I'd rather have Drogic. Uh Next one, shooting guard, Dion Waiters or Evan Fournier? Fournier, and it's not close. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you there. Dion Waiters, when he gets hot, you know, um, is fantastic. But uh, Fournier gives you so much more consistency. Uh, I don't think that there's much of an argument there. At small forward, we have Jimmy Butler or Jonathan Isaac. Jimmy Obviously, Butler, we're gonna go Butler. Yep. Yeah. Then we go power forward, Justice Winslow or Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, not close. Really, not close. See, I'm thinking they're getting pretty close now. So here Maybe we go. Maybe I underrate. This Aaron was a good, this is a good exercise. You're right because we we got to the 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 point of the problem here is I think you like Winslow a little more than I like Winslow, and I know that I like Gordon a lot more than you like Gordon. I yeah, just I don't know why. I mean, I, he's a NorCal kid. I should like him. He's incredibly athletic. He has great size. He has great speed. I think he has a great head on his shoulders as well. I can't think of any other excuse to use the word great for the fourth time in a row, so I'll just say it anyway. (laughs) Um, He he has all the gifts. Everything that you could ever want for a basketball player, Aaron Gordon has, and I think that he takes this seriously, and he will. My biggest hope for for Orlando the biggest step forward I think they can take is Aaron Gordon becoming a very good basketball player and I think he has a chance to do that yeah he definitely has the potential too I just I just I want to see it first and then finally we have Bam Adebayo versus uh, Vukovic and I think Vukovic is a little better I do too but I uh, I think Bam has more upside I think that Vucevic is one of the highest floor players in the NBA. I think that right. Vucevic's worst point. season is as good as anybody's worst season, probably better. But Bam has Bam has upside. We haven't seen a healthy Bam for an entire season. You know, truly unleashed with this roster. He's incredibly athletic. He has unbelievable instincts on the defensive end. I think he could be a tremendous pick and roll player. But you know, Bam out of I'm sorry, Nikola Vucevic to me is. You know, Mark Gasol at this point, he is clinical on the offensive end. He only goes right. to places he wants to go. He has incredible footwork. He rebounds like crazy. He's not as good of a defensive player as Gasol, obviously, but few people are when it comes to that center position. But I think he's better than people give him credit for. But Adebayo definitely has a higher ceiling. So, you know, in general, if I had to pick a starting five, I think I'm still picking the Magic. You know, again, assuming everybody's healthy, I'm still taking the Magic, even though Miami has the better player in Butler. Hmm. And how about benches on the Magic? We have uh, basically what Terrence Ross, 
You, so you uh, go Bamba, Ross, Bamba. Amino, Bamba, Michael Carter, Williams. And then on the Heat side, your bench would be Hero, Johnson, Olenek, Derek yeah. Jones. I actually probably like the Miami bench a little better. I think Tyler Hero is going to be very too. good. I think Olenek is an underrated player. He, he's, a, he's a nice guy to have. James Johnson likes to play well from time to time. You know, you go to the Magic. I, I like Amino. I like Terrence Ross a lot, but Michael Carter-Williams is washed. I, I have nothing nice yeah. to say about Mo Bamba like we covered. I, I think this, again, this is an extremely close matchup, and I'm on the side of the Magic, but it sounds like you're on Team Heat. Yep, I am on Team Heat, so this will be a fun one for us to revisit during the year. All right, what should we bet on? I'll take the Magic. You take the Heat. What what happens to the loser? Hmm. Let's see. Should I send you? I'm trying to think of what I can send you from Philadelphia. Uh, if, I, I'm pretty sure if I freeze dry a cheesesteak, it'll still be good in the mail. You want a cheesesteak? No, I'm not eating a freeze dried cheesesteak. All right. How about some soft pretzels and water ice? <laughs> That'd be a little better. All right. I'll send you some soft pretzels and water ice. And what do you have in, in California? You have uh, avocado and marijuana? Yeah, pretty much. All right. We have good wine too, actually. Oh, there we go. I'm, right, a, by, I'm right by Napa. So that's a, that's a lot. You know what? Like actually, wine. we got we got a little bit of. Uh, I think there might be some wineries here in Pennsylvania. I'll have to look into that, but there's not much. So maybe that's what we'll do. You send me some wine from California. I'll send you some yeah. beer from Pennsylvania. We got a million places around here that make some beer. So what do you think? You give me two <laughs> bottles of wine against, uh, you know, a twelve pack. I'll go two six packs for two, against two bottles of wine. Sounds like a plan. All right, I'll take the magic. You take the heat. There's our first bet. Um, for the Networth NBA podcast. All right. We covered just about everybody here again. Miami, Orlando, Atlanta, Washington, Charlotte. We think you should go under on Charlotte and Washington. We like the overs on Atlanta. Uh, spread specifically on the division odds at 7.5 to 1. Me on the uh, win total at 33.5. Spread loves Miami. I love Orlando. I don't think that actually either of us are going to take a hit at those division odds. Um I'm actually not even sure I'm going to bet Orlando over on the 41.5, but I'm probably talking myself into that. Are you taking the over 43.5 or Miami? You know, look, I like better. I actually like the just division at minus 150. I think that's a little low. I just, I really like this roster. I think that they're head and shoulders above the rest of the division. I think it should be more around minus 200. So um, my favorite two bets here will be uh, the Miami will be the safe, you know, kind of hedge play and then throw a little bit on Atlanta to win the division. All right, I like and that see, a lot. And see, now we've gone back to the original question of the podcast. So now we do love divisions because, to me, it provided the best betting angles of, uh, of this podcast so far. See? So uh, to answer go. the question at the beginning we've of the pod, after circle. Yeah, one hour of podcasting, I've decided that I'm all for divisions, and they're a great part of the NBA. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We had a lot of fun. Um, like I said, this is our first of our six division previews. We'll have five more of these. I'd like to tell you exactly when it'll be, but... Um, spread and I'll do our best to get at least one of these out per week. I think you know we've got a little less than four weeks until the season and five to do, so you'll get two in one week at some point. But please follow us at Networth Pod on Twitter. We'd love a rating and review on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I think you can do rating and review on SoundCloud, but we're just about everywhere podcasts are, and we'd love your thoughts. Um, appreciate listening, and have a great week, everybody. Good luck in all your wagers. <laughs>